in this episode of Resonance Deep Dive Podcast. Diplex heated with over half a million subscribers, total war pioneer, men of war aficionado, and inside whistleblower to all YouTubers' wildest parties. This is one you're gonna wanna stick around for. They had put it off development for so many years and then some studio bought it like, let's just release it and they had these huge release party. And we were like, like one hour in, we we're like, I was like, you wanna get out of here? I have nothing to lose. So I just packed my bags, I booked a flight. So I was staying with uh, Baron Fawn Games, uh, partially Royal and Slickby. We had like this YouTuber thing house going, um, which is something I can explain further later. Basically, one person made a huge Reddit post that was upvoted that said, Diplexeated does cocaine on the Warcast. And I'm like, what the fuck? Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Resonance Deep Dive Podcast. I'm here with a very special guest, and I'm here with Diplex Heated. How are you, my friend? Thank you. Um, I'm well. Um, been excited for this first uh, first ever interview. Yeah, I was going to say, have you d ever done many podcasts or anything like that before? No, I think I've passed on any previous opportunity. Um, I'm a bit, uh, I don't know, a bit camera shy, actually. So, mm. uh, yeah, but... This sounded really exciting. I, I heard a couple of your episodes, <laughs> and I, I did. Um, I did see the pixelated Apollo one, um, but I I had already made up my mind to to appear uh, before that one came out. But it just made me more excited. Oh, uh, well, thank yeah. you very much for that. So yeah. yeah, you don't really like show your face. Like I don't show my face in videos at all. Was that sort of a conscious decision when you were starting videos? You didn't want to show your face much. I, I think. Um, I think it came more with the content. Uh, I don't think it was common for Total War creators to really do any face cam. Mm content or to uh to sort of appear i didn't see the purpose i didn't think it would add anything to my kind of content to have my face down in the bottom right of the screen or something like that so yeah i've yeah. kind of like sometimes put i've wanted to do videos with like having me in it but it always just ends up being a little bit weird because then i always just go back to like gameplay stuff and like i don't really understand like having your face in the yeah. picture of gameplay because it's like unless you're almost reacting to it and doing like big reactions and stuff it, it feels a, a little bit weird yeah. so how have yeah, you I, sort of coped with uh, the whole covid and lockdown are you still are you living in sweden yeah i'm still here What's uh, it I like did have, well it's it's been i think it's been the uh, i think covid has had uh, the least impact on sweden not in the sense of um unfortunate uh you know victims mm. and casualties but certainly on a like the society itself it's been pretty open uh, all the restaurants have been open we've never had a shutdown um there's been like um certain certain restrictions such as nightclubs and uh they're shut down and the theaters have been shut down but um if you if you have if you live a pretty calm life in general and and uh, then you wouldn't notice it all the stores have been open like it's been it's been pretty unnoticeable and i think that was the strategy strategy going forward uh they said like yeah. let's just like power through let's just endure it and that will sort of build up this whole sort of group immunity that's what they were aiming for um but it turned out it was uh, a little more costly in terms of uh unfortunate uh deaths and, and cases than they had anticipated so um, yeah, but, I think it's yeah. been pretty rough, like most of Europe anyway. I mean, mm. I mean, we're at this point in the UK where <laughs> it's weird because the cases have gone up so much, but then the government's like, right, we can't do another lockdown. Let's just go. <laughs> and just, yeah. I guess like, guess what Sweden did at the beginning sort of thing. Yeah, because we, we had, um, 
it was open for about a year and then last about a year ago they they decided to um, cap the uh, opening hours for restaurants so mm. past 8 30 you couldn't serve alcohol because apparently uh the virus spreads further <laughs> if you had that if you had that thing it's been it was the whole was thing the in joke. the uk yeah, like yeah. you can't stay out past 11 because otherwise the virus will be away yeah <laughs> i mean i understand people drinking and they get more like personal and it you know like people get closer and, and, and less careful yeah. but um this uh, a couple of months ago they removed the restrictions entirely and and even if the cases would go up now i think there would be a riot if they reverted it because people are so used to being yeah. like sort of back to normal now so yeah. yeah, I don't. I think this summer is going to be like an interesting one. I'm I'm going to a, a festival in a week in the UK, yeah. and there's it's like sold out fifty thousand people, and like there's not going to be any social distancing, and I think it's going to be an absolute disaster for cases. But at this point, I don't think there can be like another lockdown because we've had three. <laughs> yeah, and I think also with with vaccination and people having the antibodies or something. Mm. Uh, and also mostly younger people, if there are cases, I, that is a strain on the, the healthcare system and the whole infrastructure. But I don't think it's going to result in that many more deaths. What is the healthcare system in Sweden? Is it like an NHS in the UK sort of thing? Yeah, or it's it? like the UK, yeah. Well, the kind of healthcare you think about is free completely, yeah. like ambulances and everything. Um, so we we share the same system pretty much. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's very... Uh, carefree for uh, for the citizens one could say excuse me have you have you lived in sweden your whole life then like what uh, was growing yes. up like there um um apart from the six months i spent in the united states um which definitely on that whole topic of healthcare gave me a whole new <laughs> like look on it it's mental it. it's, yeah, mental. it's crazy <laughs> so i got a story so i was staying with um uh baron von games oh yeah uh, partially royal and slickby and uh uh one night we had like this youtuber thing house going um which is something i can uh, like uh explain further later but um the one of the well slickby i don't think he minds me telling it um actually hurt his hand uh, one night mm. and i was like let's call the ambulance like you're bleeding like like sure it's not bad but if 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 I were in Sweden, I wouldn't hesitate to do so yeah. because I knew there. I know there wouldn't be any repercussions in terms of, like, like hitting my my personal economy in any sense. But um, he was like, no, 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 don't because like it's going to cost me legitimately ten thousand yeah. dollars. Get in an ambulance <laughs> and go to the hospital to get a few stitches. Like, mm. so that was a big no no. I was like, holy shit, that really made me think. Like, wow, like, like I understand people have healthcare, like, and, and insurance. A lot of people do, but like, still a large majority of, of the, the people in the United States, especially younger people. And, and, you know, they have to have that constant thought and fear that like, this could ruin me financially. If well, something I goes think, bad. I think I read somewhere that the number one reason for bankruptcy in the U S is because of healthcare reasons, yeah. which know, is like say, for a country, that's a mental thing to have. Yeah. For, for a first world leading economy, that's crazy. And, 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 uh, I realize also that people, save a lot more money in the United States. And I've, I've heard stories about how people, how like they really almost prepare for that one day if it happens. And yeah. when it does happen, you're going to drain your bank account. So it's like they live their whole lives, they save. And, you know, in case something happens, you're going to be looking at insane bills. And I'm sure a lot of US viewers hearing this and watching this are probably going to say like, oh, no, but we're covered and we have this and that. <laughs> yeah, that might be the case. You're fortunate. But a lot of people, I've heard stories of how it really is a just a never ending hole of just debt. 
yeah it's it's a crazy situation you mentioned you had a when was this youtuber house that you had uh in 2016 i i moved there in uh february i think february 1st uh that was a two-week notice thing uh baron um (laughs) i had met baron yeah that was crazy i had met baron uh in cologne for a uh total war event uh just a couple of uh Mm. months earlier um and we had like he recognized my voice i was walking in the hallway we were all getting to our hotel rooms and he sticks out his head is like are you deplex i'm like yes he's like i thought i recognized that voice and we just hit it off and um a couple of months later uh i visited him for fourth of july and he was having these grand plans like like he was talking to do you know who another like really popular um oh yeah fly daily yes yeah. yes yes he stayed there uh together with those guys but then he moved out and uh uh robert uh baron called me up like around uh around the beginning of 2016 it was like we have a room left over and i had just gotten out of a relationship and i was really like you know i always think of that whole wanderlust option in in mountain blade that's mm. what i was feeling like i have nothing to lose so I just packed my bags. I booked a flight. I, I contacted a PC rental company in the United States. And I was like, can you guys hook me up with a PC? I'll like, I'll say you're sponsoring these videos and stuff. And they were like, fine. And then, then the computer was there. It was shipped like three days after I arrived. And that was just the start of the um, easily the best time of, of, my, of my YouTube channel. So, and I think it's because I surrounded myself with people who were really business minded, like, like yeah. Baron definitely. And it was smart. Like, like they were all like, let's make this a good thing. Like, like let's, let's, let's network and, and, um, uh, almost like, um, turn this into a community that benefits everyone in the house. Um, and I think it did. And I think it really like that encouraged me because I've always lacked like during these 10 years of YouTube, I've always lacked that business minded mentality to like make my channel with merch and, you know, uh, sponsorships and and collaborations with other YouTubers and sort of just being driven like have an Instagram for it and Twitter and live streaming and it's like I've I've never had that mindset and I think their influence on me really helped me they were like they came down one time in the kitchen and they were like both Slickby and Baron like they talked to me and they were like we gotta talk I'm like what they're like you don't have any tags on any of your videos I was like no I don't care they were like, you gotta have tags and then i started getting tagged like it, it, that's just a funny little how many subscribers did you have at that time at that time i had uh i think i was sitting around uh 150,000, and that was all right. from from all the previous five years on youtube and by the end of that year i had doubled that amount in oh wow one year so it was a huge boost also with video views i think i i, I think i earned 100 million views that one year <laughs> Which is which is nuts. That, that is. Was I think my yeah. best year was last year, which was thirty-seven million. Yeah. So yeah, that yeah. is insane. <laughs> yeah. And on a small note, like since then, it's been a sort of a decline uh, in subscribers and views. But it, I think this might be deep, but like you know, sometimes you got to wave the white flag and be like, okay, I'm mm. done with YouTube. But and I feel like that at times. Uh, but then I'm like, what else am I gonna do? You're not gonna see me in the supermarket. You're not gonna like. You're not gonna see me in a nine-to-five. Yeah. And that inspires me and I get back at it and it like and I prove to myself, oh shit, you know, people still come here to watch my videos. Do you, you often know, so go it's... through like dips of oh. low, low, low growth and then all of a sudden you're like, just don't want to do it anymore. And then all of a sudden you're like, right, I've got to do something. Then you go through a spike and it makes you feel amazing, but it's always yeah, back and yeah. forth. 
it's that's that there's like no balance to it it's always a roller coaster mm. like if i hit a high i know in a couple of months from now i'm gonna i'm gonna go low again uh and i might like i might not upload for a couple of weeks but then i know okay but i'll find the energy again i'll find the motivation and then i'll have a spike again so mm. it's it's a roller coaster and i've gone through that for the last four or five years now back and forth can i just ask with that yeah. youtuber house was yeah. that ever the talk of making a group channel <laughs> Uh, I think so, like a vlog group mm. channel. We we were gonna call it. Um, we called it. Um, oh wait, we so basically, I had I had discovered a channel called Funhouse. Yeah. They're still active. They're like ex machinima people, um, and Baron really liked the idea of that. So he he named the house. I think Powerhouse or something okay. with the same. Yeah, that was like the. Or wait, was it? Wait. Oh, I should know. I should know. I should know. But it was never really. It never really came into effect. So. I, I'm a little bit sorry because I think Baron wanted me to be a driving power in that too, but I, I I think I kind of gave up on it and I think he had expectations of me like really going for it. And Baron at that time wasn't really satisfied with his own YouTube because he was doing War Thunder and he wasn't really liking it. And during that time he started his Baron Fawn Let's Play channel that mm -hmm. now has what 3 million subscribers or something. So we all kind of like grew out of that and then came into our own. One could one could call it. Was that just how it ended? Why it was only sort of a six month thing? Uh, I had to move anyway. I didn't have a visa. Oh, okay. uh, big uh, <laughs> big uh, reveal here. If any of the uh, if the customs and border protection is watching, like yes, I I did do some YouTube there. But um, having that out of the way, I I knew I couldn't stay anyway. So I had hmm. to go back. And um, there were there were thoughts of me moving back actually, but then. I was in talks with Machinima at that time to um, to be like, get a visa because they were ready to hook me up with. They had lawyers in the United I talked. I spoke with lawyers. This was like one of my like, whoa, this is kind of a big deal. When I was on a call with lawyers in New York, two lawyers in mm. New York and my manager in Los Angeles at the same time. And I was like, whoa, this is like this is feel like, like a, a proper businessman. <laughs> yeah, like a superstar treatment. It was so out of. But then Machinima shut down later that year, and it was all gone. And I was like, okay, well, that's out of the window. Are you kind of glad you didn't go forward with that? Uh, I think so. You know, I'm, I'm happy here in Sweden. I, I, I see myself living here. I might move back. I, I still miss Florida. For a content creator, I think Europe, especially Sweden, which is a very stiff and cold kind of place, especially like the people, I, I feel like a, a country that is as open and welcome in a way that the United States actually is. Hmm. really lets you really like develop and become the one you want to be like i could really fully embrace the fact that i was a youtuber in sweden when they ask me anyone i don't say i'm a youtuber because it's like it's not taboo but like in here in sweden you you go to your nine to five you don't you, you're not you're not supposed yeah. to be an entrepreneur so i just say i work with like digital marketing and they think i sit and like do things that i don't and i'm like yeah kind of. <laughs> and then eventually eventually i have to say i do youtube because it's just they go off, <laughs> off the, the road, but yeah. How did this all sort of start for you then, going far back? So you've been on YouTube for just over 10 years now, would you say? Exactly, yeah. Yeah, you started as Shogun 2 your first few videos. Yes, uh, actually, uh, I did Black Ops commentary before oh, okay. that, a uh, couple of videos, and then Shogun 2 came out, and it was really just a fluke. Like, at that time, there weren't any big Total War YouTubers. I think Lionheart was at it at that time. He was mm. doing things. I think he was having, he was, you know, he was active. And I, I did notice that there were a few Total War YouTubers, but Total War on YouTube was not a thing. Dare I say, dare I say, 
I kind of started that whole thing. You know, okay, that's Prince of Macedon was a legend. Were you of course, before or after Prince of Macedon? In terms I was of definitely after Prince of Macedon. Okay. He had been going at it for a while, and so had some other YouTubers. But like making Total War like popular, like getting those kinds of views, making that kind of content, you I know, think like. There was something to be said of like you had the Prince of Macedon, the Lionheart that did mm. the Total War, and they were like the first. Yeah. But then there was mm. almost like a new wave that came yeah. through after them, which yeah, I would I say you maybe Pixelated Apollo with that, that sort of took it to the next level in terms exactly. of Exactly. Yeah, it's funny because Pixelated Apollo started a couple of years after me. Um, and so did, I think, like Alex the Rambler, Warrior, yeah, right. Warrior of Sparta, and a bunch of like Legends of Total War, etc. You know, like like a lot of people. Um, and I, I, don't think, I don't think I pioneered anything, but I think the huge success that I had with Total War Shogun and then getting into, I was the first one to get into like playing Third Age and, mm. you know, those mods like Darth Mod, et cetera, et cetera. Because it was like people didn't realize how amazing mods actually were. I think people, I think modding in general grew uh, significantly during those years because people were playing vanilla games and they were satisfied with, with it. And I, I just realized what a huge potential there is in like actually going beyond vanilla uh, and, 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 and doing so. So I went really hard. And it was a fluke. I was at school one day. I just noticed, whoa, like that was when YouTube had medals. You earned medals on your channel page. Okay. You remember the old channel page when you I had like- I started when in 2015, end of 2014. So yeah. I wasn't there at that time. Crazy YouTube. old, like if you look at the old YouTube layout, the channels were almost like an MSN profile, you know? <laughs> so, and I was just like, I was, in, I was in school and I was just like, number one viewed in Sweden, number one viewed in gaming, number one viewed in Europe. I was like, holy shit. I was like, I just told my teacher, I'm going. They were like, where are you going? I was like, I'm leaving. But you were the home. number one in Sweden at that point. Yes. I had, you know, Tabes, uh, the, the Call of Duty commentator. I've heard of the Real. name, but I've never yeah, watched Yeah, super, it. super popular back in the day. I, I beat him and I realized, holy shit, this is big. This could be something. And I knew at that time. I'm and leaving. then PewDiePie came along. <laughs> oh yeah, and then he just he just like he he punched through. Yeah, but they they removed that whole system afterwards. But I at that point I put school and social life second. I put YouTube mm. first, and that lasted uh, for a good couple of years. Um, so it, not a fluke, but I I really hit the right spot with Total War Shogun at the right time. Got enough content out to build a following, and after that I could start branching out. Were so. you earning from YouTube at that point when you were in school? Uh, no, it took me, uh, I'd say, like, about half a year until I got partnered with Machinima, which was a huge dream mm. for me. Machinima they were was, massive. Uh, yes, the they, like, in, in gaming on YouTube, that Machinima was the stuff, like, like Hutch and and uh, Only Use Me Blade and all those mm. people. C-Nanners, uh, uh, too, like, they were commentating, like, they were making respawn videos, and that was the dream. They actually inspired me to get into YouTube and to try, and when I... The, the 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 gaming channel that I watched all the videos of when they when I got like a partnered with them crappy con crap worst contract you could sign it was like 60 40 like Jesus <laughs> like but I wasn't making any money at that time anyway it was just that I could be a part of it that was massive uh, so it took me about like half a year and, un until I started making lunch money essentially you know yeah. like uh, yeah the machine might help you grow at all when or because like they it was always that thing with mcns that's why they've died off is because they had that thing oh we'll get you better ads and we'll help you grow and we'll push you out mm. and uh, i signed with maker when i first started mm -hmm. as like one of the it wasn't like when you signed where they only let some people in but it was like anyone could sign up and sort of thing mm -hmm. and luckily i was able to get out of that contract because i signed it when i was 16 
yeah. and you have to be 18 in order to mm. actually sign the contract. So I was just like, I'm I'm not old enough. And they're like, okay, we'll let you go then. But yeah, yeah did they help you at all in any way or was it just your typical MCN sort um, of thing? No. And first of all, I did actually have my mom and dad sign the machinima contract. <laughs> oh, no, I, it so was you couldn't explaining. get out of it. No, like, but imagine too, like, I didn't want to get out, but like I said, yeah. I could renegotiate. But like explaining to them when I, I was 16 when I started uh, too, and mm. like explaining to them, they were like, they agreed, but they thought it was like funky. Like, what is this? Like, and then, like, like it was, it was so foreign to them. I think YouTube still is foreign to them. But um, sorry, what was the question? Sorry. the It was, did Machinima help you at all in growing? <laughs> no. Uh, they had so many channels at, at one point that they didn't even know who was with them or what. Mm. Um, no, I mean, I had a few videos on Realm go up, which was their sort of like MMORPG slash strategy channel. I, I had a few go up there, but uh, just playing Total War. Um, no. I didn't appear, I didn't get any spotlight, no like real promotion. Um, so uh, Machinima, like like that MCN thing was, was, you know, it was just a status thing. I'm with Machinima, like that's that's cool. Yeah. That had a weight to it. You could put uh, that but, little logo on your banner. Yeah, and exactly. And then like after, I think um, when when they started, when these MCNs showed up, um, and they were like, oh, you can you can sign up now. Anyone can sign up. And, uh, you know, you get like a good split and you have a one month uh, like uh, note of leave, you know, like you can get out at any time almost. Mm. I think that's the point where, where that that whole, oh, I'm with an MCN kind of lost its function or status. And, you know, are you like with you, anyone at the moment? Yes, I'm with a Swedish company at the moment um, because um, it's nice. They have a big office, really fancy. They, ha I have a, uh, like a talent manager that I speak to every month, and you know, talk about stuff. And you know, they handle my 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 uh, like invoices, and and it, it just feels nice. Um, sure, I could go with like Google AdSense, but if something goes wrong there, like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be able to jump on a call Tell with Google. Tell me about it. I've just I'm not gonna be, yeah. I'm not gonna be able to get in a call with Google. To sort that out so that's why i'm still with an mcn um and i and i feel like i'm 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 i've also grown a relationship sort of with my manager um that i feel like he would just be like i don't i feel like i'm i'm benefiting them and he's benefiting me in a way so i don't want to I don't want to get out. We're not talking like any. managers on YouTube actually provide you because I've always thought about if I should go down that route. Mm -hmm. Um, because at the moment I am just with like doing it through AdSense. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, what do they actually like provide you with in terms of being able to grow or better monetization stuff? Um, I think the whole like targeted ads and that thing is out the window. I don't mm. even know why they use that as like, we have a great sales team for ads. Like it's not going to make a difference. Like I think YouTube, YouTube just does it randomly does anyway. Right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. They, they do most of that. Um, well, it's like that whole, it's the feeling of having someone backing you up in some, in case something actually does happen. Like mm. my channel has been, been taken down a couple of times over the last couple of like, well, since I started really because of like bot spamming and stuff like that. And having a partner, like you can send an email or call them and they'll get in direct touch with YouTube and they'll reset it okay. instantly. So that's been the key uh, function. Also, going to events like um, Machinima, um, the last bit of use I had for Machinima, this is this is funny because they don't exist anymore. I think this is not NDA anymore. I think I can disclose I think this. if they don't exist, it doesn't yeah, really so matter. Basically, <laughs> They had this guy called Cedric, um, be, like they, they restructured Machinima one or two years before they shut it down. Warner Bros. purchased Machinima. They're, they're massive, you know, they made it into their gaming branch and they just like restructured it. They made it new. They like 
threw all the the other people out because they weren't like uh, enthusiastic about it anymore. Uh, they sort of like rebranded. They made a new logo. They had a whole new team in. They had the, these amazing offices set up in Burbank, California. And so when I came home in 2017, um, Mike, I had been with them for, yeah, just about like, well, 2011 till 2017, essentially. Um, and I wanted to renegotiate my contract. I'm like, I want a better split now. They were like, yeah, we can offer you uh, 90, 10 instead. And they also gave me a five figure contract signing bonus. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. And they did that two years in a row. So I renewed my contract. It was crazy. And they flew me out to to um, E3. They hooked me up. They set me up in a in the Ritz Carlton for a week. The 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 event was on for like three days. I'm like, wow. I was like at that time, I'm like, yes, I've made them a lot. Like during the like, you know, 200 million views to Machinima, like that's been a lot previously. Mm. Uh, so they probably saw that as like we're investing in this guy and he's going to go like move forward. Um, but I think their expenditure was just crazy at that time. They were like probably uh going beyond their means and I, I think they had the backing of uh warner bros um but i don't think it was profitable in the end but that's the the, the one time i felt really machinima came in and sort of paid for six years of ne being neglected uh not getting any perks not being sent out to any gaming events or anything so that was the time of my life really to 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 feel that and then they shut down so yeah uh mcn today uh if you're a if you're a huge YouTuber that that they can really like yeah. throw throw plate product placements at you and really do things perfect. If you're if you're if you have less than I I would almost say if you have less than a million subscribers I don't really see yeah. the point. It's also like security like because the amount uh, when you start out in an MCN especially if you're really small they do take that it's like a sixty forty. And yeah. at that point, you just basically make nothing because they take most of it because you're not earning enough, right? So yeah. it's only when you get like past a million, you're earning like tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands mm. a month that I think it's actually probably worth it because then you also do need that protection because the bigger you are, the more people want to come after you. Yeah, exactly. And and you also make them more like 10% mm. from 100K, you know, net YouTube ad rev is going to be 10K in their pocket, mm. you know, so it's... Yeah. um. Then they really want to keep you. Yeah. But Speaking sort of, keeping, of uh, yeah. <laughs> YouTube events, we have met once at the uh, Three Kingdoms event, the Total War Three Kingdoms event in London. Oh. We, I was sitting at a table and you came over and I we like spoke for, it was probably about two minutes or so. Okay. Um, I was like, oh, what's your YouTube channel? You're like, Diplex. I was like, oh. And I was like, I've got a YouTube channel called Resonant because like, at that point I was at like, 40 50k so i was mm. like i didn't expect anyone to know me they're like oh you've done some mountain blade stuff as well so we have actually met briefly yeah. at that um wow yeah that was a while ago now i, I think that was the last one before covid i think that was 2018 yeah the, mm. i think that was the the spring of 2018 or possibly 2019 uh, i get those years mixed up a lot but uh that was a nice event wasn't it that was really weird though because yeah. that was the first and obviously because like mostly because of covid the only event that i've really been to or at least was invited to and it was mm -hmm. really weird seeing like a lot of youtubers that i've watched yeah. and things like that and it was kind of like surreal just, just like yeah <laughs> I walking it is up funny, to lionheart like... and i was like because lionheart had like liked some of my tweets and i walked up and was like all right i'm resonant and he was just like all right <laughs> Yeah, no, like, so like, like, I've always been the I've, I've, I've been to i think three or four of those events like in cologne for um, that was a, a Total War Attila, yeah. Mm. Uh, I've done Warhammer in London once and then Three Kingdoms and stuff. And, and it's like, 
every time I show up, the first thing is like, where's Warrior of Sparta? He's like, hey, mate, and we go and like, we talk and we're like, because we bond like nicely like that. And we talk and like, all right, that, this and that. And we joke around and stuff, you know, yeah. like it's funny. And then Lionheart is always like, oh, hello. And then Malekith, you know, Malekith Scotty, uh, he yeah. was doing Total Worth. He was always there too. It's like, oh, hello. Uh, and then Chadman, <laughs> I met Chadman a couple of times. And then there was always uh, the Rambler there too. And he, he's really nice in, in, in real life too. And like, um, and I met, um, it's, it's fun. Like, um, and I, I remember that at that Three Kingdoms event, I snuck up on Alex and I like spooked him or something, scared him when he was at a table. It was funny. I've always, I've always, I've, like, because you, these YouTubers are so collected and I'm like, I feel like they think I'm crazy at times, especially during those events. Like we had a party, there was a party um, during the, uh, I think that, oh, we did the Total War, um, yeah, you know, the Total War, uh, not Troy. What's that? Arena. You know, Total War Arena. Yeah. We had this yeah. like massive event with Prince of Mastodon was there and everything. And there was a huge after party at a nightclub and I just went crazy. <laughs> I bought so much champagne. I bought these like this big, the bottle that was bigger than me. <laughs> and I was like, I got sprayed down in champagne in that club. And, the, and these Total War YouTubers were sitting there like, like this, just silently. Like they don't watching. seem like the type of people that go to clubs. No, most exactly. They were YouTubers. so like, like they were so out of place. Uh, yeah. But there were some, there were some YouTubers. There was one Finnish guy who, um, he was really good because they invited some pro players, like community yeah. pro players. I think he was, I can't remember his name. And then they, like a Prussian Prince was there too, I think. And then they, some of the YouTubers, Baron was there too. And half of the people, some of these guys who were like super into, they were just like dancing crazy. He was like doing crazy moves. This guy I was like, holy shit. Some people were just sitting still. And and then there was just like me and who was it else? I think it was, was it, there was another, was it Baron or was it Warrior? Sp I don't know, but things just got out of hand. <laughs> things just got out of hand. And I remember walking with one of the, I won't mention her name. Uh, I don't think she's with Creative Assembly anymore. Um, but we, uh, there's a picture of me and her uh, together on the street outside this club and I'm fucked up and she's like like this and I'm like <laughs> carrying this uh, this big, like it's I think it's like we're leaving the club and during this okay this is also good. like this is fun because I don't think anyone ever talks about this on YouTube um <laughs> I went so crazy that there were these two like they looked like they were out of Matrix a couple like uh, like it was like Trinity and Neo in this German mm. club and they were running this like consultancy management agency and they gave me their card and be like you need an you need an agent like they thought I was some sort of like I don't know like crazy <laughs> So there's anyway this picture of us too, like, and then we went to the breakfast in the hotel like 7 a.m. in the morning, all like messed up. I got really mad at that point too. Like, I think I was drunk and I kind of like had a, like an off trip, and I was like, I was like, you know what? Like, you didn't stand up for me during that like controversy when I was accused of like doing something on video. Like, there was this thing when you know the Warcast thing. I well, I've heard of the Warcast. Was that the podcast you did? But yeah, I don't know with, about with, the with with Lionheart, Rambler, and and Warrior of Sparta. Yeah. And I jokingly did a gesture, um, not like anything, anything uh, like racist or or anything like that. I just, but it was like, okay, this is not along the lines of the company policy. So Sega had this huge meeting with all the CEOs and James Given. Shout out to James Given. Shout out to Dogbert because he was fighting to keep me on for the event. And they were like, this is not a thing. Nothing's happened. It's like, fine. Basically, one person made a huge Reddit post that was upvoted that said, Diplexida does cocaine on the Warcast. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like, I was jokingly <laughs> put a rolled up bill in my in my nose. <laughs> just jokingly. I and hate that. was that. taken, taken out of context. And yeah, and that almost cost me that. But I got there. And then sort of uh, at the time, I was like, you know what? Like, during that breakfast, I was like, fuck, this is... Um, you should have like backed me up. Like you should not have mm. put, like, you should have come out and say like, we support the Plex. Like he's obviously not done anything, which I hadn't. So 
um that made me a bit pissed like it was and then i just like during, during the morning i was like so hungover and it was like everyone was gathering in the lobby and like bear and lionheart all the ca guys and you know all the youtubers and they saw me and i just walked right out the hotel <laughs> and just straight to the airport missed my flight too missed my flight had to book a new one oh was shit. it just that the, you can't look them in the I, eye no, like, I, like that like you you put me in like a, a drinking situation like that in the nightclub i just went nuts yeah, and, uh, I think it would be a similar situation. Like I mentioned, yeah. like Lionheart. Like I've never really spoken to him properly. He seems like a really nice guy, but he was oh, like he's super nice. Like I mentioned, like <laughs> I th like I th I think at that point he did. Like he was in a conversation, but he just seemed really like it was quite awkward. If I'm going to be honest, when I went yeah. to speak to him, but most of these YouTubers and and like in me, me like me included, I, I think are pr pretty like withdrawn people. Mm. Like you know, like socially, it's always been pretty quiet. And I've, I, me and I've always come in there and 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 messed shit up. I think they've always thought I'm I've been batshit crazy. And I think some people have distanced <laughs> themselves on YouTube from me uh, due to that. But um, no, good 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 bunch of people really. I I miss the events. I'd like to. I, I, it's almost to a point where I'd like to get back into Total War just for the sake of being able to get back into that. I don't know. We'll see. We'll you see. know, I really like, I really want the events to come back because obviously they did yeah. Troy, but that they couldn't do an actual event. So mm. it was sort of just sending keys out and stuff like that. And same with Rome yeah. Remastered. And I guess maybe Warhammer 3, but I feel like that's even gone right because we had like people putting up, they would be able to play it. Obviously, I wasn't mm. able to play it, but some people put up footage of it, so maybe it'll be the one after Warhammer 3 that we get events again. I uh, Sign me up. I'd like to go. <laughs> Creative like Assembly, if you watch it. But yeah. make sure there's an after party. <laughs> an oh, my God, yeah. No, but those were the... Those were those times. Um, I've never understood like these events with gaming stuff because you obviously do it at corporate events, right? This is what's happened mm. for decades when there's like a big release of a product, mm. something corporate events, and it's come to the gaming world and YouTube. But it work. It's really weird because you're sort of bringing together a group of the most socially awkward people yes, in the yes, world because yes. the people you're bringing are people yeah. that just make YouTube videos behind their computers. Yeah. No. I, the last gaming event I was at was uh, in Germany, actually, 2019. Uh, in August, no, uh, October, uh, it was for a game called uh, Three, no, not Three Kingdoms. It was called, it's that, like, it was a follow-up to, like, oh, uh, Kingdom Hearts, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, that first know. game I played on Xbox. Brilliant game where you commanded, like, brigades of units and, you know, fighting and stuff. And then they came out with a second game, which was more targeted towards, like, an MMO audience kind of thing. It was, like, this Korean terrible game absolutely terrible they had put it off development for so many years and then some studio bought it like let's just release it and they had these huge release party uh thing in the castle where they had knights and they were like oh welcome to the castle and there was like falconeers and stuff and there was fires and, and medieval food and uh, there was like maybe 100 people there most of those most of those influencers were like spanish and stuff because i think they have a huge following for those kinds of games like spanish youtubers and stuff it was really not not like any big names that i would recognize and uh I came there, they said, like, you can bring a plus one. So I brought uh, a friend of mine who uh, was a musician, like, really famous house musician in Sweden. Um, yeah, he he was part of a band called uh, State of Sound. They did, like, tours all over the world and stuff. And I had met him at a bar two weeks prior to that. We really hit it off. He came with me, and we came there, and, he, and we were like, and we were like, like, one hour in, we are like, I was like, you want to get out of here? Uh, he was, I, was like, I was like, yeah, let's get out of here. So we just, like, snuck out from that whole event. Uh, got in a got in, we were in the middle of nowhere the countryside in germany we go to the train station right at that moment the train arrives that takes us to the city we're like let's go 
We just they they wrote me afterwards. They were like, uh, "Oh, hey, where'd you go?" I was like, "No, I was feeling ill. I'm back at the hotel. Just had a party weekend instead." Yeah, uh, <laughs> I, I don't think I'm I don't think I'm like uh, selling myself here properly to to be able to attend any more of these events. But uh, well, well, the thing is with like yeah. game like that is. It's kind of the same with sponsors. When someone comes to you and wants like, can we sponsor you for this, play mm. this game or promote this game? And and then, like, sometimes you'll take it if it's, like, a, a small promotion or something. And they'll there's always this thing where the company expects you to like that thing uh, mm. because they paid yeah. you to go to yeah. something or promote it. And it's a bit awkward when you really don't like it, but yeah. they're like, you've, they paid for this trip and thing it's like dealing with that situation must have been pretty awkward i know especially if the game's crap um and you're in a different country as well yeah you know they were asked they were like asking me that the agency was asking me weeks afterwards to like upload the footage and video and stuff and i was like i was like i'd rather just pay back for the trip Mm. uh because i cannot upload this content to my channel uh i just can't (laughs) It's like it's so bad. It's like yeah, yeah, I just can't. And and um, I think also the um, uh, over the time at the start, you're really excited about like like when when a game when when companies want you to play games. But more more than more than often, I turn turn those down because I'm like mm. I can't force myself to like this unless there's a super generous offer where I'm to like well I'm making a living off of this. You know it can't be that bad. I gotta give it. Like I'll play it. You know. But mm. I think, but I might know when I'm recording and uploading that, like people might see past the whole, like, oh, this is fun, you know, and that's kind of annoying. Um, but that's life. Yeah, I find it is like a weird balance to try and get between, like, when they send you like a big offer for a lot of mm-hmm. money, but it's a yeah. a terrible game that you know. I, I, it's not necessarily me. I'm quite good at pretending that I like a game, but it's knowing <laughs> the backlash I'll get in my channel. And that's yeah. what will stop me doing it because I'm like, I'm just going to lose subscribers if I do this. And honestly, yeah. I'd rather like, I'm not that desperate for <laughs> like that. Like I won't like, yes, it's a good amount of money, but if I don't take it, I'm not going to be short of money. I just won't have that extra yeah. thing. So, but, yeah. but don't you feel like, like, oh, but like, should, am I morally, am I not morally obliged to accept it? You know, like, cause it's work <laughs> and you know. I, the last true, two videos true. on my channel. The, if they're the offering two, me that yeah, much, yeah. yeah. The last two videos on my channel happen to be sponsored. Mm. Uh, the last two uploaded, and and you know they don't garner as many views as a, at all. It's like one tenth, like ten yeah. percent of the normal views. Same with likes and comments. Like, and people actually start. Some people are like, "Hey, this is a great game. Like, nice." But some are coming out like, "What happened?" Like, we were one comment was, "Oh, how did we go from gigantic battles on the Eastern Front to this?" And I'm like, chill, you know, like it, this doesn't take away from the regular content. It's just additional content. I think whilst like from um, our perspective, it doesn't. But I yeah. think some people do think it does. Because the thing is, like, if you look at it as a big picture, you're uploading free content like regularly. Right. And but from a viewer that's seen it for so long and has been subscribed and following for so long, they mm. almost feel like they own that content now. When actually yeah. we're giving like free stuff. Right. And mm. every now and then doing a sponsor stuff isn't that bad, but I think a lot of people do look at it as like, oh, I'm going to unsubscribe because you've done one sponsored video out of your seven videos a week. And mm. yeah, and it's like, ugh, it's free. <laughs> it's free. Yeah, I know. It's just free content. You don't have to watch it, you know? Yeah. But like, but don't you feel like sometimes when, um, 
when you get like maybe you're, you're uploading a sponsored video on one day and then you think okay so i gotta have a regular content mm. video before and after to yeah, sort of yeah, like you've smooth got to make it sure out yeah. yeah yeah that's what Always. i've been bad at so but I, I have to notice that like the more you upload regular content the more sponsorships and deals you get in your inbox so it's like i don't upload i didn't upload for five months this spring because i went through a hard time during the the winter and, and early spring so i was like out of it for five months came back with the gates of l started doing really well and during this time there were really no sponsorship opportunities because your channel is sort of not on the radar when you're not uploading and then i started uploading and then it was like these these vpn offers and, and mobile phone apps and like you know some of them like raid shadow legends i know everyone's doing it so i could do it but i would much rather do like warpath or or some other more historical thing so uh, and I feel like some services like VPNs and stuff, they're just generally useful for everyone. So I feel like those are very acceptable. I think they're good. So um, that started coming in. But in the end of the day, uh, sometimes I'm like, whoa, so I have this sponsored video to make. I, won't, I will pro procrastinate and not make anything for that time until I'm done with it. And I realize how much it's putting a halt to my regular content. So sometimes I'm like, why did I accept this? You know, like I could have made... Yeah. Five Gates of Hell videos instead, or something. And you could and like, have actually probably earned that money back with those Five Gates of Hell videos because the the view difference is massive. And I think that's why I kind of don't take dedicated sponsor stuff anymore, unless Wait, do you it's do, like. Do you do that, that based on like a CPM where they pay like twenty or twenty five per thousand views, or nah? If, if they, they say uh, we'll pay you per like views, mm. or if you get this amount of views, we'll pay this much, or if they say we'll I'll pay we'll pay you if you get per like a 20% of everyone that buys through the link. I'm just like, no, not even no. interested because it's not like, fair. then all the risk is on me, right? I risk mm -hmm. like people that do look at my channel saying, oh, he sold out, unsubscribe. I risk mm -hmm. losing stuff that way. I risk losing future views that way, which correlates to future money. And they don't risk anything. And I'm like, if you really want to sponsor my channel, because all the emails are like, oh, we love your stuff. Mm -hmm. Obviously they've never watched it, right? No. But if they really want to sponsor you, <laughs> they put the risk on themselves, right? And that's yeah. where the good companies, because you have like the bad companies that try and put the risk all on you, but the good companies, and I think, yeah, I don't really do dedicated sponsored videos unless it's like a really good one. Like I had a Acer sponsored the other, like a last month, which was amazing because they just gave me a laptop and some money and said, make your normal videos, but just say you made it on this laptop. I was like, like, that's, that's amazing yeah that's, like when that's they the come through that's like the perfect yeah. thing because it doesn't interrupt your content i've just played mountain blade on a different yeah. computer and, and you can't be ashamed of being sponsored by acer either it's not some fun <laughs> it's not some weird mobile yeah. phone app you know like it's it's i had lenovo do that a couple of a couple of years ago and they were like just like play far cry or something on this on this computer and like display how versatile it is they sent me this like max like maxed out gaming desktop and money to do so I think that was with Machinima. That was one of the last deals they actually pulled through. So, I, so it's sometimes MCNs can hook you up with those bigger deals. That's that's a fact. But um, and then in the end of the day, I was like, okay, so I cashed in. I was like, I get to keep the desktop, so I sold it because I didn't need it. So that was just like, and it was like, there's no backlash in in promoting hardware. I feel like that's good. Like it's like we're gamers. We're gonna like that. Yeah, but I think promote, making a relationship. Yeah, but if you start promoting some cash app. That's like gather gain, gain points when doing this and that, and you know, like gambling apps and stuff. I've had, I've had gambling companies approach me, and I'm like, there's no way I'm because I know my audience is is mixed, uh, and I'm not like I'm not going to show younger people. Well, it's gambling. so sketch doing that on YouTube yeah. because you get in so much trouble yeah. by promoting no. gambling. Like, 
I don't know any YouTubers except from I don't know if you've heard of the True Geordie, who's quite a big um, channel. Oh, does podcast, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and he's sponsored by gambling companies like PokerStars and things like that. But because it's because he has like a mature audience that like kids don't watch him because he just yeah. makes videos on well oh. and podcasts. Think... But like, yeah. yeah, if like a gaming channel did a gambling app, I think that's kind of sketchy because you don't know who's watching and then you risk getting into that issue with YouTube or whoever. Yeah, in the back of my head, I know that there are some parents that have been in touch with me, like, oh, my son watches your content all the time and he loves Star Wars and stuff. And even if there's just a few that have done so over the last couple of years, that's always in the back of my head when I think about uploading something that's... Because I'm like, that it reminds me they're watching and how... what. I would. I feel like I would let them down if ultimately I'm promoting, you know, gambling for like 15 year, year yeah. olds. Like, do you swear much in your videos at all? Uh, no, I. I think I don't. Uh, I think I've heard also older people contact me and like, oh, don't swear. So I used to swear more before, but you know, I. I think I might say like, holy shit, or something like that. But rarely, <laughs> yeah. rarely, like, I rarely use words such as like, oh oh we got raped or like oh mm. they were effed up or something like that i i don't like you know i might say oh damn like something like that but in a very mild you know like youtube does these things now where you have to to uh, say how much you swear and it's always the mildest setting so um i don't think i think that i kind of grew out of that is that um, like a conscious thing you try not swear or you just don't swear in normal life I, I, I don't swear ever in normal life people all the time now when you're out or you're talking to people they're like oh, blah 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 they're like accentuating everything with with uh, mm. with swear words and i'm like i think it just kind of lowers it lowers the the conversation i think it's just it's unnecessary language i think yeah um, i would say the only <laughs> I'm really bad on Discord, and that's about yeah. it. Because like, yeah. I, I wouldn't swear in front of my parents. I wouldn't swear in front of my grandparents or anything. But when yeah. I'm with me and my mates on Discord playing games, mm. like that's when I do. And it always surprises when some people come because I don't on my channel, and it's not like a conscious effort. I try not to swear. I just, it's like when I'm with my parents, I don't try not to swear. I just don't because I just like, it's sort of like a, a subconscious thing. I know that I don't talk like that around them, and it's like when I'm making a video. I don't swear just because I'm not really thinking about that. But when yeah. I'm with my friends and in that situation, like I'll say a lot of things and people come onto my Discord and like say, oh, can I play a game? And like the end, they're like, oh, I didn't realize you were like this. Yeah, well, you know, we're all, we're all humans anyway. And like yeah. there's, there's definitely, I think, I feel like there's definitely language that is accepted privately. And then there's language that you don't like you know publicly like, especially like, now like you can't like yeah, if saying like, anything can be taken out of like you said with mm. your whole um your podcast thing that you did before mm. and sort of thing yeah yeah like anything can be taken out of con context anything but, it doesn't even matter but, your intention but i think that goes not necessarily like in a business manner where like oh if you're working or uploading content you you restrict your language i think it's like when you're out in public too and when you're around mm. people for their sake publicly yeah. You don't like you 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 contain yourself. You know, but if I, I wouldn't swear bus, in front of someone I didn't know, for example. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I ride the bus, and I'm sitting on the subway, and kids these days they're like they're talking so loudly about having done this or that person. It's like, it's like you really talk like this. Like, <laughs> damn. Like, am I am I getting that old? Like, I would never. My pet I would be peeve. Ashamed of myself. My if pet I, if peeve I, is people that play yeah. music out of Bluetooth speakers in public. Oh. That that is like. I th I think 
obviously I do, but I think quite highly of my music taste. I think it's quite mm. a good, generally seen as a good music taste, but I wouldn't dare play it in public just because no. no one wants to hear my music. So I'll put headphones on, but it's when someone's like not even listening to good music, but they're listening to like drum and bass out of their Bluetooth mm. speaker. Like I, when I lived in my student flat last year, the, the people that live below, you just hear just like... Pfft, just constantly just yeah. fall to the I'm floor. All, yeah, I'm conscious about that too. Like, if it's late, I'm like, like lower the music a bit, lower the music, because I'm like thinking of the neighbors. I don't know. I'm so so conscious about what a, what a, well, like being just like pleasant to to people you don't know. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. Speaking of relationships with sort of YouTubers and knowing other YouTubers, mm -hmm. I. Uh, I did, so Pixelated Polys have been on this podcast, but I also mm -hmm. went on his yesterday. Um, he's sort of starting up his Lazy History podcast again. And one of the things you mentioned, because um, I, I talked about my podcast and said I was getting you on and stuff like that, and he said that you were actually the person that kind of helped his channel blow up as well by helping him out with, like, titles and thumbnails and stuff like that. Do you remember any of that? I do. Um, I do. I think about it sometimes, but I, <laughs> I, like, I, I could have been me at 830k. <laughs> no, I restrain myself from taking any credit. Right. Okay. I, I, that's the only, not that I, that I, that I, that I necessarily like, cause, cause that was sort of the style I was already started sort of like employing on my videos. Um, I, I did, I was the first to do massive total war battles. I think it started with some medieval kingdoms mod video. And I just realized, well, like, so I can take this whole sort of like men of war thing I have going with where I spectate cinematic no HUD videos that are just showing the battle. Because pe before people would do commentary on multiplayer battles or let's play. But like, what about the cinematic? What about the cinematic value of 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 uh, these total war battles and these mods and it looking amazing? So I started doing some massive ones. Then Rambler caught up on that. That that actually turned his channel into what it is today. He was sitting very low and he started doing those like Thermopylae and 300 and like just and he even tweeted about it like okay so well i'm doing massive battles because it helps me with views and it's a good income uh and i can i couldn't blame him for that um there were some like criticism about how laggy it were though because when you start pushing that there's literally frame by frame fighting and at that point it just turns to clickbait because it's a beautiful thumbnail and nice title but in the content is just this and and i had to also think about how far i was going to push that but i did sp speak to pixelated and he was getting into like third age and doing those things and he had i think maybe at the time i spoke to him he maybe had a 50k subscribers or something like that and i was like listen this is what you should do like like do those types of battles stop let's playing i was like told him straight away stop let's playing don't do episodes do singular battles and title them like this do this and he was like okay man thanks i'll try it out and then it it, it made him blow up but he's he is is 100 percent uh you know to take the credit uh for the success because he did it all right but I, I i remember specifically having a pretty long twitter conversations where i said like listen you should do this because you're in this right now and you could really use this kind of like so please try it out like i was like try it out and see how it goes were you the so first I, to pioneer that sort of because it's I almost was. a mix because i remember in like 2009 10 even like going to 11 like cinematics or sometimes like mm. machinimas as yeah. they were called them were massive and that's almost mm. a mix between the live commentary and the machinima did you start yeah. that in total war stuff yes i did if you go if you google if you if you google and go all the way back to the the the, the first video uploaded that had any kind of like cinematic total war experience or any kind of like massive numbers of fighting and like recreating historical battles um, I was there. I did that first. I didn't really turn it into my thing because I was busy doing um, Men of War. 
but that same thing with Men of War. I was the first one to do Men of War battles in the editor cinematically. Massive now these yeah, days, and that was a massive yeah. boost for my channel. That took me from a pretty stale Total War, like, n like no offense, n no offense whatsoever to to Lionheart. <laughs> he's got a great thing going. He's he's got a lot of sponsorships. He's got a lot of live stream viewers. He's getting way many more views than I am right now per month. I'm just not working that much at the same time, but like he's doing really well. But I think I think if I would have remained doing like episode 145 of my Rome campaign, I would have remained there. Uh, at times I'm like, wow, that's really nice because you just log onto the game and you have your campaign and you have your loyal watchers. But I, I think that's gonna that would have capped my channel at where it was if I just had continued with that. So I'm moving over to Men of War, started doing cinematic battles. I took that from like where I was commentating a lot and sort of like showing the hunt to then going fully cinematic, just spectating the AI. Because in Total War, you can sort of just spectate the AI. You have, you have, either you play the fight yourself or you have two AI armies go up against each other. And then you just start, turn that into, I was like, I can do this whole Men of War thing, but in Total War, because it's a beautiful game and it's made for this. You don't have to just make multiplayer commentary. You don't just have to do Let's Plays. So I will, I will daringly say I, I started that and then it caught on with other YouTubers and uh yeah do you, know. you take much notice of the the ripple effect that that's had because now you're saying that you've mm. actually now is had a big inspiration on my channel because i do that in mountain blade Bannerlord when that came out that's oh, really? what i did i did those yeah. battles and i got the cinematic camera mod on and i put it like that obviously yeah. i hadn't i didn't know you started it but yeah from stuff like pixelated apollo because and those it, 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 videos, it became yeah. so huge uh that yeah. you started seeing that that kind of like commentating ai and cinematic yeah i mean like um it, it go it becomes so huge that you can't that you can't say that anyone's ever copied it because it's like it's like tr rap music you know like maybe there were a couple of like pioneers in that early on and now you know there there's new artists showing up every month that are making these huge rap hits and trap songs and no one will ever say oh he copied that or that because it's like good in its own way um but um i don't think i had the intention of like starting something i just noticed afterwards wow this really caught on with with youtubers this really caught on with with other creators um but then uh yeah that was just random. I wasn't intending to start up and do some sort of weird like copyright thing that would react brothers or what would they call it? <laughs> fine yeah, brothers, I was, I was, yeah. yeah, fine. I was not I was never intending to do any of that. And you I've could never get been, so much money because the amount of YouTubers yeah, that do that. <laughs> I've never been I've never been upset about it and I've never been like pissy about someone doing it and doing better because the fact is I I I I did what I wanted to do. And it wasn't it wasn't like anyone came in just like and took over. I think with YouTube nowadays, I don't think you have to be afraid of competition. I think more people doing the same thing can only benefit your channel because in the end of the day, people have endless amount of time to watch YouTube videos. So if I do something that pixelated Apollo does or that you do or that the Rambler does or that anyone else does in that same style, their views are not going to take away from my views. It's in the end of the day, I think it's going to just benefit everyone because there's going to be more of a uh, rotation people watching this and that it's going to show up in recommended views and videos and stuff like that yeah i think that's a very interesting way of looking at it because it is it is a thing on youtube where if one creator i mean we've seen it recently we've like dream in minecraft mm -hmm. and like when pewdiepie started playing minecraft blew that up then all the minecraft channels started blowing mm -hmm. up and i think we we definitely saw that i think i think the first video i saw of yours 
has to be the Mountain Gladius stuff for oh, Mountain Blade Warband. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you... How did that... Because you didn't do many videos on that, but they banged in views, they did. <laughs> I think it's the whole... I think it's the whole... Um, I think there's a few different factors, like other players being present, that it's not mm. just like a single player experience. It being organized is really important too. If that yeah. was just Mountain Gladius on like a random server slashing away, wouldn't it wouldn't really catch the attention of people. It's that it's an organized event... 200 players, command structure, one life. It becomes almost like you're watching a tournament. And like some of those crappiest videos with like low setting, 720p, they have like half a million views. And I'm like, what? Some of those like line battle videos. It was like it's, it's back crazy. to that era of like 2012 Mountain Blade. And mm. I think about that was the peak of that game. Like yeah. that's how Malachis Scaddy came up as well. There's Napoleonic Wars line battles. Mm. And were you in the 77 Y for a part? I was. I, I, oh, this is so interesting. <laughs> If we go real back, like like I was playing Mountain Musket, I was getting into it. Um, I happened to stumble across a regiment called the 77Y for no apparent reason. Uh, there was a guy called, um, there was a Swedish guy. There was Astir, the yep. Norwegian guy. He was in charge of, back at that time too, I think. There was a guy called um, Sevchenko. He was a British guy. And then there was another guy, some Swedish guy. And it was like a small regiment, maybe like 10, 10, 10 or so. Oh, you were members. the beginning then? I was the beginning. I was a private and I started uploading oh, those videos. And and there were huge influx. Oh, Malekith was there too. Uh, he was there, I think, at the start. Uh, there was a huge influx of players. Like we had 100 recruits maybe the first month. And so they talked to me. Aster was like, if you leave this regiment, they're going to follow with you. So you have like a huge, like, you know, like they, they start, they sat and spoke with me. Like they realized how big of an impact I have on the regiment now. And I just like, well, then I want, I want, uh, I want an officer title. <laughs> no, they did promote, they did promote me. Uh, I, I had my own artillery battery. Uh, I had my own. And then there were other players who came in that then rose in the ranks. Some of the, the starting officers, they quit after a while, you know, moving on with their lives. So pretty much their entire high command structure now, apart from Astir and stuff, is like um, pretty much viewers who came in and grew. And, you know, some of the people, one person that actually stayed with me three weeks visiting from Scotland uh, about a year or two ago, he I met him like seven years ago in that regiment. I spoke to a guy called Craig the other the other day uh he's in the british army he's been overseas him and i still talk he was like this squeaky 12 year old back then uh it's crazy how you get to know so many people in the community and then 10 years down the line you still know them um and uh that was a huge part of my life like that I, any game i played i played with them i did so much regular content from the 77y uh, and then when Napoleonic Wars came out, I decided to do my own thing. A lot of people came with me. Some stayed. There were some feuds. Uh, but then after a couple poacher. of years, You're yeah, a they, they, they called me poacher. Uh, and maybe I did poach. Maybe I just wanted them to hang with me. And, you know, I, I will admit, I will admit that when I left 77Y, I cried. Oh, really? I will admit I cried. Mm. Yeah, I was sobbing because it felt like I, I felt like I was moving on from them. Like, it, it, I think it would have been great to stay. But I wanted to do my own thing, and then I had that going for a while. You know, Spears the Amazing. Yeah, he's he's really Huge. gone off and done his own thing now. He he joined. I remember his initial Mountain yeah. Blade videos. Yeah, yeah, he joined Seven Seven Y, and the first thing it was like, yeah, hey, hey, the plugs, I watch your videos. And then I got <laughs> him into YouTube, uh, and I actually he started doing Battlefield Three. He did some content. It was like did some Third Age back in the day. I think those videos are deleted now. And he was like giving up on YouTube. He's like, no, he's like, fuck YouTube. I, I just want to do, he was literally said like, like, screw YouTube. I want to play yeah. Battlefield 3. This is way much fun. I was like, no. And then Skyrim came out. I was like, do this. 
he did that much on his own and then he like those videos blew up like how to smith this sword or how yeah. to do this thing and then i got him his contract with machinima and he was running around the apartment <laughs> screaming like ah! and now he's gone off to be hugely successful you know he's, so is he still all... doing gta stuff now I yeah think that's yeah yeah he gets like half a million views per video so no problem with him there <laughs> crazy guy he's buy, buying mclarens and sports cars and everything. he, he like, is one just... of the like the youtuber youtubers now and it's mad he, to see that he came yeah. from mountain blade he's got two hundred fifty thousand instagram followers um <laughs> I think he's got like 100k followers on Twitter or something. Um, like you, I, I know him really well personally. Like I've known him for 10 years. But at the end of the day, like he, like if you, he is a recognizable face. Like he's he's one of the top 50 gaming YouTubers. No, I'm gonna no have bad. to get him on for season two of the podcast. Yeah, I'll, 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 I'll try and I'll try, I'll, I'll convince. Him. He's very he's not shy, but he's not so much into the community stuff. Yeah. Like he does his own thing. He does his own thing. Uh, I think I would. You know, but every now and then, like, sometimes he appears, he, you know, he live streams sometimes and he comes into my chat and he's like, see, man, <laughs> I'm like, hey, Spears, what's up, man? Yeah, no, he's a good guy. Um, definitely just a character. Dude, back in the regiments, he was like this drill sergeant. I, I always had him as my second in command. Hello, guys. He's like, what the fuck are you crying about? Shut the, get in line. Those were the days of Matt. Like, I loved leading regiments from my mates. Yeah. It was just. I do you have any plans to ever go back to that with Banlord? I I did actually notice when you added me on Discord that you are mm -hmm. also in the Sword and Musket. Musket, right? yes. Yeah. Are you are you keeping an eye on that at all? Well, Holdfast was my last regimental attempt, the twenty eighth. How did that um, go? It went well, but the game the game did not go as well as the regiment. The melee system just didn't work. It's and terrible. if you yeah, so it, it looks good, that, but it's just not, yeah. it's not So good. I did that. That was fun. I, I think I fought against I fought against uh, Pixelated Apollo's regiment a couple of times. We were two giant regiments fighting there. He dropped it, I dropped it. Uh, there was a war of rights, which I was excited for. But they had this stupid company function that I didn't like, and I think it's a bit too hardcore for me. War yeah. of Rights, it's not as casual as yeah. Mountain Blade was. So and then there was after that no real attempt at getting back into it. Oh yeah, uh, there was Wigs and Tories called Prime and Load. Now I had a Swedish regiment for that, the 92E. We did a couple of line battles, but uh, Joe Joe Marks, the the developer of that, and he's been huge in the Napoleonic Wars community. He ran the 23, the 23, uh, 23rd Welsh Royal Welsh back he in Mount Blade. He ran the 41st yeah. in 2013, and that was my first regiment. Oh, that wow. was a private Great. in the 41st, yeah. and Marks was I, I, the leader, and he yeah, always used to get pissed off at me for being a squeaker. <laughs> I, I talked to him at times. He's a, he's a nice guy. Um, uh, he he's uh, I can't say what he's doing. He's developing. I can say that he's he's working on something new. And he said like, prime and load was a valuable lesson. So is he giving this, up? Is it gone now? Is he giving up? Not it? gone. I wouldn't say that. I think there's but like like really ambitious game. Like hundreds of regiments almost, and like so many skins and models and everything's been made from scratch. Uh, but he was like, this is what I'm gonna do now. And he's shown me he's shown me the idea. And I'm like, that's pretty. Is it along? I know you can't say anything, but. Is it along a similar line to those standalone Mountain Blade mod games like Holdfast or Prime Load? Was it completely? It's completely different? different. It's completely different. It's something. Is it I've community never seen. driven though, like a multiplayer sort of thing? Yeah, it'll be multiplayer, but it's, it's right, okay. brand new. It's a brand new. It's a brand new concept. It's mixing in a, with a lot of concepts you didn't, you wouldn't think of. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think he realized there was a certain. There's an aspect that's very successful in some of these games, and how hmm. do you turn that into an entire game? Yeah, I think Prime and Load was. I've said it in videos and like I've said it in the same with Battlecry mm. Freedom, which is another one of these ones. That it's just too niche of a market. There's not enough people that want that sort of thing. Like, don't get me wrong, Mountain Blade Warband line battles and events were massive, right? For mm. Mountain Blade. But for a standalone game, 
I don't think the market's big enough, really, for that. No, and and also, how, no game after that has been able to nail the netcode. Yeah. yeah, yeah, the netcode of having 200 players. 200 players in Holdfast will almost crash. 200 players in Prime and Load will certainly crash. I don't know if it's because they don't have enough good servers or whatever it is. And also the melee. Melee and all those other games afterwards has been clunky, delayed. Mm-hmm. In in what did Tales do? It is what did they so, do? <laughs> it is so like fluid. You can like, I don't know if it's like the, the somewhat like like uh, minuscule graphics or something, but it's just whatever they have is brilliant, and that's why I think Sword and Musket could be a po- potential mm. thing. So, is, but then, uh, is it a potential I, then that you come in? Yeah, back to yeah, it? maybe. But I also have to ask myself: Do I want to be part of a regiment? Or do I want to lead a regiment? Because leading a regiment is full effort. And it's, it's really like exciting those job, first yeah. couple of days. But then life catches up with you and you've got YouTube videos to make. And you're, I'm 27 and not 17 anymore. Mm. Soon, yeah. 27. And then that, that also has a different... I'm not a gamer the same way I was before. I'm more of a content creator and more of a hobbyist gamer than I was before. I don't spend hours and hours and hours and hours playing something I really enjoy these days. Which is a shame. Uh, so I get the enjoyment from playing a game, a game I like, and making content I really enjoy making. Yeah, I'm with you um, with that. I think yeah. it's mostly if I enjoy a game, it's because I can make a good video around that game. It, mm. I rarely sit down and yeah. play, I don't remember the last time I played more than two hours in a game. Honestly, like I remember I used to play Mountain Blade Warband for yeah like eight, ten hours at a time with the regiment. Mm. Now mm. I'll play Hell Let Loose with my mate every couple of yeah. days for two hours, yeah. and that's all I'll do unless I'm making yeah. a video. Yeah, same here. For, but but in uh, in uh, have you tried uh, Escape from Tarkov? I have it, and I've played it a bit, but I've not really <sighs> got into it yet. <laughs> I feel like I like, need to like sit down and like rug. get into that because it's like one of those. <sighs> I love armor and yeah, I love yeah. squad and I love like mm. the hardcore shooters, but I think Tarkov seems like another level to that. And I really need to sort of. Yeah, if you play that with a couple it. of mates, I have had weeks like before, like the, like I've played Tarkov consistently for the past maybe two, three years. I started playing it in 2016, which was like, like th- that game was so bare bones. I yeah, played it with Karma Cut. Yeah. So, so I've played it for like it's been, it became really popular, I think, when they really like started adding cool features to it and, and and polishing it and when when streamers like shroud and people got into playing it so tarkov definitely had like a streamer era that started maybe one or two years ago and since like if there's a wipe and i've got youtube video to videos to upload to make i can spend a month just like eight eight twelve hours a day just playing just playing just like shooting raiding blah and be like i'm i'm having fun now if i'm having this much fun doing it then what why shouldn't i sacrifice making just a couple of videos because yeah. I'm having so much fun, you know? And it's a rarity so, that you have that much yeah. fun playing games. Extreme days, rarity. So. For, yeah. for I think that's like, I know some adult gamers that are like 35. I'm under, We're an adult too, but like, you know, I feel like you become adult adult <laughs> In your 30. at a certain point. <laughs> I feel like I haven't reached that yet. Um, and maybe it's our lifestyles that is keeping us from becoming such adult adults. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I got peers in my own age that are way more adult adult-ish. But... For those people, it's it's got to be like gaming is like a, it's like a sit down hobby thing, certain certain like day a week maybe, or like where you really play it. And that Escape from Tarkov is definitely one of those games that I could see myself just spending hours on. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I will actually get myself into Escape from because I've had it for Listen, about but, a year, but I've never. Then let's play. Let's go in for a raid sometime. Let's. You, can you, you teach you me the ways of Tarkov? I'll show you the ropes. I'll show you the ropes. Because I do. It's, I think I need someone to teach. Yeah, to yeah, teach yeah. me yeah. the way. So how was your transition into sort of uh, Men of War? Because you started off with Total War and then mm. you moved to Men of War. Was that something you yeah. were playing 
from the beginning and you just yes. then start making videos i played it since uh soldiers heroes of world war ii okay which was a game that was released in like 23 203 yeah then came phases of war when i was still in like middle school Hmm. Uh, played that and then Men of War came out uh, when I was in high school or something like that I think it might have been 2007 and the first one probably yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm a, yeah and I played that and I uh, you know I, I got into the editor when I first saw it in the folder and it took me a while to learn it but I had so much fun just setting up battles and watching them play out and then I was doing Total War um, and I was still playing Men of War every now and then and then in 2014 was when I uploaded my first video because the Russians decided to invade Crimea or invade whatever side you're on mm. politically, I suppose, <laughs> liberate, invade, occupy, whatever. Uh, and I was like, OK, so there's this modern warfare mod for called Red Rising for right. Men of War, yeah. Assault Squad 2. And I played it and I started making videos where I placed out units and I commanded them. And that had a huge like boof, like boost. That was and, also the first year Assault Squad 2 came out, right? So yeah, I think with so. those things in place, it was pretty, yeah. pretty... And then after that, I just had this huge World War Three series that I think lasted for like forty-five episodes. Mm. And people made people made um, people made up like background stories and stuff way more than I did. I just went from battle to battle with some sort of similarity, but people sort of like knit, knitted it to get together in the comment section. And uh, in the end, we had this final showdown with where U.S. and and Russian forces combined their strength <laughs> and completely pummeled an IS stronghold to sort of end that. Like they, there was peace in the end, common enemy. Uh, and then I did a post a post apocalyptic series called Wasteland, which mm. had its own Wikipedia page, which is crazy. Oh, wow. People were so till this date, and that that series that series ended in 2016. Till this date, uh, I still get people like Wasteland two when. Every video, obligatory Wasteland 2 comment when. And I feel like I have to make it better, I have to make it greater, and that's going to be a commitment. Have all the maps, have all this, the scripts and stuff. And that's like, uh, since then, I haven't been able to get myself to make a dedicated cinematic original series, uh, probably since the end of Battle of Natuna series, which I did, which was just happened to be this fictional interwar 1930s a colonial conflict between the french americans british and german and then they had all all these colonial troops and stuff yeah men I of just war is just such a good yeah. game like I just, honestly I, yeah i need a new men of war <laughs> I, need yeah. I mean we had gates of hell which hmm. was sort of like a world war ii version of yeah. an already standalone mod for men of war yeah but I don't know, there's something about Assault Squad 2. I think it probably is one of my favourite games of all time. And you wouldn't know from my channel because I don't record it on my channel. Yeah. But it's yeah, yeah. one of the main games I played. It's just, mm. I don't know, because it's like Total War, but way more micromanaging. And it's just, yeah, yeah. there's something about it that's so cool. You tried Gates of Hell yet? I have actually played it a little bit. Mm. Um, I've not really sunk into it yet. Um, I've probably yeah. got like a couple of hours Fantastic on it. Game. But yeah, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it will take a little bit of... Uh, a learning curve because it is similar to men of war but because in assault squad 2 i had every single hotkey exactly how it was and i need to try and put that into gates of hell before i really get yeah. like back into it but yeah i i do like gates of hell but like i'd love like an assault squad 3 or something like that oh yeah what what do you want to see next in men of war then um i'd like to see basically i think i wonder what route they're going to take i actually i don't have any insider information some people might think I do. Uh, I did know, <laughs> I did know a lot about Gates of Hell prior to its release and, and sort of public announcement. In fact, I could play it as early as 2017. Really? I had, I had it in my Steam library. Yes. 
So I could wow. fiddle around with the editor. It's changed dramatically, like dramatically, obviously. And I couldn't upload any content, so it was kind of pointless. I didn't spend much time there, but that really shows you how long something's going on for and how early you can actually sort of play it, like how, how early a game is playable. But um, I would like to see a, uh, I don't know, like Call, of, Call to Arms took it to modern warfare. Yeah. Um, it wasn't a huge success, I think. I think that's why sort of it was, it was uh, good for them to bring on the um, Gates of Hell game to Call to Arms. There was a bit of a business dealing there, I think, where they basically... I'm not sure if they, like, purchased it from 1C. I think it was meant to be published as an independent game. Yeah, I was going to ask, is it... It's not made by the same devs, right? No, there's... Um, the devs behind um, Gates of Hell are primarily people from Chronicles of World War II, the mod for Men of War Assault Squad 2, um, which was a really ambitious mod with new models and stuff, which was focused on the Eastern Front. Um, and I was really excited to hear that they were going to do their, their whole game. In fact, one of the developers behind that too was uh, Sturmführer, which was the, the creator, the sole creator of Totaler Krieg, okay. that mod. Yeah. So a lot of modders, basically. Um, and I, in the end, I'm not exactly sure how it went down, but... I think it was good for Digital Mindsoft to have a DLC for Call to Arms because that would boost Call to Arms, you know, yeah. with a great World War II title. So what I'd like to see next, uh, maybe there will be an Assault Squad 3 because the Assault Squad name is very valuable um, with new mechanics and graphics and stuff. Maybe Vietnam is a very niche conflict, not a lot of factions to play around with. Sort of hard to get the... Sort of hard to get like the Vietnam combat really right, you know, with like guerrilla warfare yeah. and stuff. Yeah, I mean they have the the basics in like Men of War with hiding yeah. in buildings that could maybe tr be translated yeah. into that sort of thing. Because like you have and stuff. Yeah, the uh, the Japanese bits of the mm. campaign and sort of fighting the Pacific there, which I guess could be kind of similar with bunkers and stuff like that. Mm. But it'd be quite hard to really get like proper tunnels and stuff like that would be really tricky to get. They might just World War Two. I I think it's a, it's a kind of a, a genre that'll never go dry. Did you ever play the great? Was it the Great War one? The um, World uh, War One version? Yeah, Battle of, of Empires. That yeah, yeah that that's one. it. Yeah, that, that didn't end up too too popular, did it? In the end, no, I thought no. it looked really cool, but it didn't blow up much. It was for an outdated game. That was basically one C best way, you know, best way. Mm. So here's the thing. Digital Mindsoft owns the Assault Squad. Digital Mindsoft, as a company, purchased the GM license from One C Best Way and mm. One C that made the GM engine and started their own started their own like series of game, which started with Assault Squad and then Assault Squad 2. And then they had, I think, um, then they did Call to Arms, etc., etc. And whereas Best Way continued the Men of War and then they did Men of War Red Tide, you know. The, the, the Soviet one, the Marine, yeah. um, and a few other ones. And uh, Condemned Heroes was a Men of War game too. It's like some of these titles are completely forgotten. So the best yeah. way they did, they, they saw the Great War mod and they were like, let's turn this into a game. So they contacted the modders and they basically put them on to, to release a full, full, full standalone. Uh, but it was for an outdated engine. Like men of, it was for the old GEM engine that they hadn't spent much time on. So you mm. can tell the graphics difference from, from Battle of Empires compared to Assault Squad 2, and I think people want to see that more updated GM engine that Digital Mindsoft has made their own. Like, they could, because they can, like, you buy the license and then they can kind of, like, you know, update it like this, like it branches mm. out. And then I think Best Way um, gave, because I believe Call Twarms 
uh, I mean, Gates of Hell was supposed to be a best way title, and then they could do their own implementations to that engine. And then there was business dealings back and forth, and then they got picked up by by Call to Arms and Digital Mindsoft. And you know, it's just like there's so much to that. There's so many like <laughs> smaller studios and games, and you know, some titles. It is kind of confusing, like because yeah. it is such a big. I don't really want to say license because it seems like it isn't. It seems like it's a load of different people mm. making different versions of Men of War. And I think yeah. they, they need someone to come along and just just maybe just give them all the title Men of War and then with a subtitle like Men yeah. of War Battle of Empires or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like battle, like it's it's all based around the GEM engine. That's mm. it. It's the gem. It's, it's the magic engine that everyone enjoys. <laughs> so, um We'll see, you know, some of these studios might pick up modders again to do those things, or it might just be like, um, you know, we'll see. I'm excited. I don't think it'll be too long until Digital Mindsoft decides to reveal maybe a new Call to Arms title, maybe some DLC, something new, or perhaps Assault Squad 3. I think Assault Squad 3 is the likeliest. I think it is about yeah. time. It's been almost seven years since... Yeah. Assault Squad 2, which, you know, I think I think it's probably time. What's yeah. what's next for your channel then before we wrap this up? What what are you um, going on to now? I have a series, a small series, a limited series. I'm starting with uh, Pixelated Apollo. Mm -hmm. uh, it's a Total War series um, that we're going to sort of mix competition with historical accuracy and that sort of stuff. Um, and that's going to be a limited thing. If it's if it does well, we'll probably extend it and and you know like turn it into something bigger. Um, I'm going to get back to Gates of Hell. There's new mods coming out on the workshop now. I'm going to start covering that more. I might even go back to Assault Squad 2. I sort of made a promise to myself after having played Assault Squad 2 for like five six years and having probably uploaded a thousand videos of the various mods and whatnot. That I'm not going back to Soul Squad 2 now that Gates yeah. of Hell is out. <laughs> but I realize there's so much content and so many good things there that I might not be able to drop it. I'd like mm. to get into VR. I have two VR sensors set up here. And you got uh, the I just Vive then? Yes, I haven't got the Vive Pro. Yeah, I haven't gotten into it. Um, I'd like to get back into Squad, maybe play some Hell Let Loose, maybe mm. play some Hearts of Iron again. You've not played the new Hell Let Loose update yet. I have, I have. Crazy. What are, you, what are your thoughts on it? I'm not a huge fan of the maps. Um, I think the, yeah, the whole. Say. I think I think like the the Carentan, like the the home, like the the Western European maps are 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 better for action. These these huge trench lines Stalingrad and stuff just is make just me so infuriating. Yeah, yeah. That like the thing is like I would I'm I'm a massive Hell Let Loose fan, right? Mm -hmm. And I love the Russian weapons. They're just so yeah. much fun to use. Uh, Kursk, I think, is a decent map, but it makes vehicles useless because of all the trenches, so you can't yeah, do anything. Yeah. And Stalingrad, unless you were a sniper, it's the most infuriating thing in the world. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's an no, interesting so, one. So for the rest of this year, no set plan. I think I'll ride this mm. year out, see what happens, and then, you know, might get back into Total War. I'm starting to miss Total War. I'm starting to miss other games. I'm starting to miss Paradox titles. You know, I'm not going to fall off. I just know that I'm looking for something to really catch my attention and then go for that yeah. yeah would you say at the moment your channel's in a a dip or a rise at the moment it, it it was definitely this might it might be in the it's i think it's been in the rise the last couple of months during mm. a dip it's like it's been a dip and then it's been a small rise yeah i think i'm starting to reach the bottom of the dip now i know i'm not sure how endless it the the, the dip is one could say but when I get back, I think, 
you know, it'll climb. And if I can keep up with, if I can continue uploading content continuously and regularly for about a year, yeah. which might not, which might seem like a long time, but it really isn't in the end of the day, then yeah. it'll probably come back to where it was a couple of years ago, hopefully in terms of views <laughs> and subscriber growth. Yeah. I have not, I have been stuck at 536,000 subscribers for over a year now. Like How crazy is 536. that? 536. Exactly. Like, exactly that. I've gained subscribers and I've lost subscribers. Right. It's been 536,900, 536,200. Yeah. It's back and forth. But then again, I'm not uploading that much new content. Gates of Hell is not going to be a game that attracts 200,000 new subscribers because it's essentially the same player base as Men of War. Mm. So if I want to get to a million sub subscribers, which I would really like to before I sort of call the quits on YouTube, which I probably won't anyway. I, I think I'm gonna have to get into more VR because that did really well on my channel. Just like dare to branch out, like like I think I that's play a, the thing. Yeah, yeah, play a different game. There's no saying that people who watch my Men of War or Total War stuff wouldn't wouldn't like watching this because we're all gamers. You won't know unless you try. I think that's the scariest thing is like yeah. a, a I mean, YouTube. Just you get you like, stuck in a rut and you yeah, like, need just to just because you out. like hamburgers doesn't mean you don't like sushi. <laughs> you know, yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah definitely well thank you so much for coming on this podcast i've really enjoyed it i think this has been yeah. a really this has been a different episode to what i thought it was it's been way more interesting going into sort of i had questions all of just about yeah. gaming but going into the behind the scenes of sort yeah. of that youtuber houses and sponsorship deals i think yeah i think that's going to be really interesting so thank you so much for coming on um i hope we can get into tarkov at some point yeah. that'll be good <laughs> hit me up I, yeah, I want to thank you for, for having me here. It was, it's been fun. It's my first and I enjoyed it a lot more than I perhaps imagined. So Great. thanks a lot. Great. Yeah. I'm sure Pixelated Apollo might try and get you on his one at some point as well. That would so. be fun. Yeah, I think we'd have a lot to talk about too. Yeah. Well, All right. if you haven't already, go and check out Diplex's channel. Of course, it will be linked down below uh, or just search in Diplex Heater. Do you do any streaming or stuff at the moment? No, it's just YouTube. Just YouTube. Yeah. Well, go and check that out. But if you haven't already, subscribe to this newer channel, the Residence Deep Dive channel. I'm trying to get to that 1,000 subscribers so I can actually make it worth it, start earning off it. But yeah. we're, we're at like 650 at the moment. But mm -hmm. it's, it's rising, it's rising. This is episode six, I think. So we'll see if we nice. get there. But thank cool. you all for watching, guys, and I'll see you in the next one.